welcome one and all to the Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Law. I'm here as always with my lovely wife, Angela, and the prophet of the hour, Dr. Andrew. How are you today, sir? Doing well, thank you. So, let's just say that we are in about to start something that we are unprepared to finish. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's the old trip line is what we're waiting for right now. So We're almost there, folks. So, yeah, today's uh, August 2nd, 2019, and uh, it's been a fairly quiet week, so that's kind of a nice uh, change of things, but it's about to change. Um, so the events that have, that have transpired over the last week, um, as we know, the nations continue to, quote, damage the oil. So Revelation 6 and says, do not damage the oil and the wine. So as we know, um, there's been a, been a bunch of transactions with oil tankers recently. So UK, at our orders, stole Iranian's super tanker of 120 million dollars worth of oil and Iran, Iran in exchange took a bunch of their oil tankers um, so Iran realizes that, you know they know that the war is not with UK and in fact if anything they want to get along with Europe because their, their economic existence depends on Europe mm. so what they've done is they said hey listen guys the war is not between you and us. The war is between us and the USA. So they said, let's just let bygones be bygones. You give us our super tanker, we'll give you your tankers back, and we'll just call it, shake and call it a deal. So, <clears throat> so they tried to negotiate it. On, um, now the response to their requests okay. is kind of quite predictable. Okay. On, uh, just a couple of days ago, on July 30th, quote, the UK Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has dismissed the idea of a tanker swap with Iran in a Monday morning interview with BBC World Service. Oh. There is no quid pro quo. This is not about some kind of barter. Oh. This is about the international law and the rules of the international legal system being upheld and that is what we must insist on, Dom Dominic Raab said on Radio Florida. When, meanwhile, Iran's ambassador in London, Hamid Baidinejad, stole the show in a Monday, July 29th tweet when he was, said, it's impossible to advance a quid pro quo, pro quo or barter exchange of detained UK and Iranian ships as some British media suggests. UK has illegally detained the ship carrying Iranian oil while the British ship is detained for violating some key safety security regulations in the Hormuz Strait. These are all from the Radio Florida. So they, they're both trying to claim wow. the high, high ground. Okay. Say, yeah, you, no, you yeah. were illegal. No, you were illegal. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there is going to be no barter because... We said so. Uh, Yet, 
the oil's not the issue. As we know, Revelation 6 says, says, do not damage the oil and the wine. So interestingly, Secretary of State, quote, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has privately delivered warnings intended for Iranian leaders that any attack by Tehran or its proxies resulting in the death of even one American service member will generate a military counterattack, U.S. officials said. What happens if Americans are killed? That changes the whole thing, said a senior administration official involved in Iran policy, who, like others, spoke on the condition of anonymity to talk freely. It changes everything. That's the Washington Post. So in other words, a red line has been set, and it's a red line bathed in blood. So it's just a matter of time before something happens. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, hypotheses on what will happen, but I believe the I, I believe it'll happen in Iraq. I believe, as we know, Iran's divided into three. It's the people, the Ayatollahship, and the third right. entity is the right. army, and they all kind of work independently. Well, I think someone in the one of the Iranian proxies, one of the um, militias of Iran that are in Iraq is going to say, "Let's get this over with." Wow! Let's just get this over with. They'll they'll find some American battalion and just blow the bejesus out of it. And when that happens, it'll be pretty obvious what Trump's response will be. So we'll be at, we'll be at war at that point. So it's just, just a matter of time, okay? So, <clears throat> we delve into what is called the wine, right? Do not damage the oil and the wine. So it's really, wine is two things, okay? So if we look at the Old Testament, wine wasn't necessarily a good thing, okay? Right. It's a spirit. It, it, it brings gladness, but in excess, it doesn't do very good. It no. causes heartbreak. Right. So... As the wise king once said, he said, it can bring gladness. He said, you cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart. Psalm 104. But wine in excess can cause great harm. As he said, wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. Wow. And whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 20. So, wine is not necessarily a good thing. It comes from the Hebrew word yayin, which means to intoxicate. Mm. So, due to the evils of wine, the priests and prophets were told what? Not to drink. Don't drink the wine, because it intoxicates you. So, the prophets knew that they've already inherited God's riches. He says, I've given this to you. I've given you all the blessings that you don't deserve, but... Because of my goodness, you receive them. Right. But through intoxication, they could lose that inheritance. It says, Do not be among wine bibbers or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and drowsiness will clothe them with rags. Proverbs 23. Okay. <clears throat> so Aaron, the first of the Levite priests, 
And the following generations of priests were instructed not to. What? Drink the wine. Don't drink the wine. Specifically, they were told not to eat, to drink the wine when they entered the tent of worship. Or what? Or they would be destroyed. Or they'd be killed. It says, The Lord spoke to Aaron, Drink no wine or strong drink, neither you nor your sons, when you enter the tent of meeting, that you may not die. It is a statute forever throughout your generations. Leviticus 10 and 8. And the Baptist was, was told, before he was even born, what? Not to drink the wine. Yeah, so his father was instructed to tell his son not to drink wine, but to be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 1 and 13. But the people did what? They didn't didn't listen. They didn't listen. They drank, right? Right. So many failures have come through drinking wine. So, I mean, we look at... We look at Noah, right? Noah, yeah. Noah drank wine and was naked, and one of his sons refused to cover him, right? Right. So he was cursed. So the daughters slept with their father, correct? Right. And that caused the creation of some of the states in the Middle East. Mm. So, so as you, as we know, wine can be an intoxicator and cause great sin. Right. So the Lord's people failed him. And he said, I'm removing your wine. He said, what more is there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I expected it to yield grapes, why did it yield grapes, wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled. Isaiah 5 and 4. So, his people have failed him. They've drunk in the wine, and they have worshipped false idols. And because of that, the wine has been Cursed. removed from them. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to take a break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about that cursed wine. I'm your host, Michael Van Loeb. This is The Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back, one and all, to The Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, I'm here with Dr. Andrew, and we're talking about cursed wine because the people did what God told them not to do. They drank the wine. As we know, so many sins have come through the intoxication of wine. We spoke spoke of later how Lot's daughter slept with him after he got drunk with wine. Right. And it led to the Moabites and the nations 
that exists to, do, to this day. Um, so he promised that the day would come when he would harvest his people. They are the wine of his blessing. So he said, I do save some. He says, I'm not going to destroy everything. So it says this, Thus says the Lord, as the wine is found in the cluster, and they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. Right. So I will do for my servants' sake and not destroy them all. Isaiah 65. And when his people are risen, the great harvest will end, and destruction shall devour what is left behind. So he takes up his first fruits, and then he destroys everything. Wow. So it says, There is an outcry in the streets for lack of wine. All joy has reached its even tide. The gladness of the earth is banished. Desolation is left in the city. The gates are battered into ruins. For thus it shall be on the earth and among the nation, as when an olive tree is beaten, as it is as the gleaning when the grape harvest is ended. Isaiah 24. So as we now know, the wine represents what? Blood. Blood. It represents the blood of man. So the Lord's judgment is just because he harvests his first fruits and then he makes the rest bleed. Okay? Okay. And at the end, man must eat his own flesh and man will drink his own blood. It says, I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh and they shall be drunk with their own blood as with wine. Then all flesh shall know I am the Lord your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Isaiah 49. So literally, man shall create their own doom. Okay? Okay. So we kind of went backwards. So usually we talk about the bad, the good first and then the bad second. Right. But this time we're going backwards. So the bad was the old wine. The bad was the wine of the Old Testament, the intoxicating substance that destroyed men. Okay? Okay. So wine, as everything else, has a second nature. So the Greek word for wine is oinos, which means from the vine. Okay? Okay. And the Father in His mercy sent us His only Son, who, as He said, is the vine. Okay? Right. As we know, the Son said this. For as the Son said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. John 15. So a lot of symbolism here. Okay. So as we know, Christ is not only the first vine, but he is also the first wine. Okay? Okay. He is, as we call him, the blood of the Lamb. Okay? Okay. And he gave us his blood as a sacrifice, as a propitiation, as a covering of our sins. So, again, symbolism is powerful, right? Right. So from the beginning, do you remember how he began his ministry? He began his ministry by turning... Water into wine. Exactly. As you remember, at the wedding of one of his family's friends, his mom asked him to turn water into wine. And he says, Well, man, it's not my time yet. 
but he did so in order to obligate his mother's wishes. So it says, Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said, now draw some out. Take it to the chief steward. So they took it when the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who drew the water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. John 2 and 7. So a beautiful symbolism in that the good wine is Christ our Savior. Okay? Okay. So the first wine came down to earth to, to put new wine into new wineskins. That's what it was all about. It was about, yes, I came for my people, now I come for all of mankind. Okay? Right. In other words, he came to graft the rest of the nations into himself, into the vine. Though all the nations have been grafted into the vine, his greatest love is for what? Bread. For what? The old wine, right? That's right. His greatest love is for the prophets and saints of old. Mm. Even though he has new wine, the old wine is much more precious. Not only that, but it was saved. In other words, he said, I'm not going to destroy the whole vineyard. I save a small portion because they are blessed. So he said this, no one tears a piece from a new garment and sews it to an old. Otherwise the new will be torn and the piece from the new will not match the old. No one puts new wineskin into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and will be spilled and the skins will be destroyed. Okay. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. Right. Luke 5 and 36. So it is the old that is precious that he has brought in. New, okay? Okay. And as I said, Christ is the wine. He is the first wine, okay? Okay. Before he died, before he was taken up to Calvary, he offered his blood, the cup of his wine. It says, And when he had taken the cup and given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Mark 14 and 23. Mm. Yet, he made a prophetic message after that, that people don't recognize. And that is? So he went on and he said, and he turned to them and he said, Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this, divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the wine, vine until the kingdom of God comes. Wow. Luke 22. Okay. And as we know, the kingdom has not come yet. Right. The kingdom does not come until all is complete. So, what was he alluding to here? He was alluding to the return of Christ. And what was he alluding to with the cup of wine that he will drink from? It was his blood. The first one was his blood. But he says, I won't drink unto this wine until I return. So that means it'll be new wine. Which is? Our blood. Our blood. So he will come back not to drink his blood or to offer his blood. He comes back to drink the blood of mankind. So that's the message that people miss. 
They missed the, the Last Supper that he gave us his wine, but they, all, but they missed the message that he says, I'm coming back again, and it's not my wine this time. It's your blood that's on the line. Wow. Yep. So, so that's kind of where we are in history. We're at that point. And I can see that, wow, I can see a lot of what you see, what you say in the, those passages right there coming. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that again when we come back. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, and this is The Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. Welcome back, one and all, to the Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew. So we're, we're drinking from the first wine, which, as we know, is the blood of a lamb, okay? Okay. So when we drink of the blood of a lamb, what are we filled with? The Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, just as the Baptist was filled with the Spirit. Okay. So in other words, don't drink from the wine because it fills you with something that's not of the Holy Spirit, Okay. Okay. So we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Mm. And as it says, we are no longer filled with debauchery, but with songs of thanksgiving and praise. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5. But now the end has come. We are at the second part of that verse. Do not damage the oil and the wine. Revelation 6. 6. As we now know, damage comes from the Greek word adikeo, which means to act wickedly with. Okay? Right. And we are fulfilling the first part of that prophecy because the nations continue to deal wickedly with oil, okay? Okay. So what will happen next? Somebody's feeling will be hurt, and somebody will erupt and do something stupid. Yep. So the next part is the wine will be damaged, okay? So these are just growing pains. These are pains that we must go through before the Son of Man shall return. So, when he returns, as he says, as it says in Isaiah, as it says in Psalms, as it says in Revelation, he will take his first fruits first, okay? Okay. It says, he will harvest his prophets, martyrs, and saints, and they will be risen, for, quote, no fault can be found in them, Revelation 14 and 5. Okay. But that day is foreboding because 144,000 will be risen, and then what? And then everyone else will be kaput. Yeah, everyone else has to be destroyed. Okay? So that's a scary thing, right? Right. Because the preachers are teaching us nowadays that what? We're all part of the 144,000, and yeah. that's not true. Yeah. So, you see, so many are teaching our churches that we will be raptured on that day. 
uh, yeah, there will be a rapture, but it'll be very limited. It'll right. Be, it'll be those who have served at his highest court. Right. For the Lord. Okay. So the hard thing is, yeah, we will see the 144,000 rise, and then we're going to go, wow. uh-oh. <laughs> That's it for the rapture. And then the judgment comes. So it is just. No one can question it. He no. is totally just and fair, okay? Okay. So there will be a judgment that comes. And that is, quote, called the wine press, okay? Okay. Revelation says, put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the wine press is full. Vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Joel 3 and 13. Thus Christ shall harvest the unfinished grapes, okay? okay. We who are left are the unfinished grapes. We who claim that Christ is the Son of God are his unfinished grapes. He hasn't finished with us yet, okay? And he must crush them in the wine press, okay? No choice. They must be crushed in the wine press, and the blood shall flow like wine, okay? So Revelation says this, So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and gathered the vengeance of the earth and he threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for a distance of 200 miles, Revelation 14 and 19. And we've, uh, I'm not going to go through the calculation, but what did we calculate the, that much blood calculates to? Ooh. Well, it actually calculates to one-third of mankind. So, okay, so... In other words, the wine press represents... A third of mankind. Yeah, those who... crushed in the wine press. That's right. So a third will be crushed in the wine press, and they will be, they will be redeemed to the heavens because they have chosen the Lamb. Okay? Okay. So a third will be crushed through the tribulation... They shall be sent up to the heavens, and then what happens? The rest shall be destroyed by the fire. Yep. So he says, okay, I'm done with my, I'm done with my grapes. I've gotten my wine, and all that's left is bristle, right? Right. And that has to be burned in the fire. So the two-thirds who are left behind shall be subject to the fire of his wrath, okay? Okay. So... So as we said, kind of mentioned already, how is wine made from grapes? What do you have to do first? Crush it. Crush it. So first it's crushed in the wine press. Then what you do with, then what you do with the wine? Then you squeeze out the... Well, yeah, you, you crush it in the wine press. So when, what do you have to do after that? So what is, it, what is it when you crush it? What is it? Is it wine? No, you have to ferment it. Yeah, you have to ferment it. So in other words, it's... It's not fermented yet, so it has to mature, okay? Mm -hmm. So fermentation, as we know, is the process where the sugar is consumed in the grapes, and there is no, and it's under anaerobic conditions so that it ferments, okay? So the, the symbolism here is that that's kind of what man is. So man has to be crushed, and then man has to be consumed, without the spirit, without oxygen. Okay. 
in order that they can be made into wine. Okay. Wow. So that's kind of the symbolism there. And not only that, but when you ferment, there's some stuff that's left on the bottom of the of the barrel, right? Right. So that's all that debris that has to be sorted out. Okay. Okay. So in other words, there's a process. It's not instant. There's a process by which the grape, the grape juice has to be fermented into wine. In the same sense, he said this, Truly I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny, Matthew 5 and 26. So there's a process that has to go through, that all men have to go through. Um, the end for those in the fire is a terrible thing. And the reason I say it's a terrible thing is because in this existence, a lot of people try to escape death, escape judgment, escape punishment by committing what? Suicide. Yeah. A lot of people escape. I mean, Hitler's a pretty classic example. Committed suicide to avoid the judgment. A Kennedy just committed suicide. Yeah, I don't think she did. I think she just overdosed. But anyway, but... um. But regardless, so people commit suicide in order to escape the pain that they're going through, okay? So the scary thing about the fire is that, what? It's everlasting pain. It's everlasting pain, but what's scary about it? It, it never ends. Uh, the scary part about it is suicide's not an option. So... It says that clearly in scripture. It says that many will try to commit suicide, but won't be able to do it. It says people will seek death. They will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Revelation 5 and 6. When the last penny is paid and the kingdom is brought in anew, then the sun will what? Rise. He will rise and he will drink our blood. He will drink the finished blood of the wine, okay? Okay. So it says this, Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Isaiah 55 and 1. So at the end, when all the sins have been paid, when the wine has been harvested, when what's left has been burned in the fire, then the nations shall live in peace in the new kingdom, okay? And as it says, the, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and he will be amongst us. So it says, You shall know that I, the Lord your God, dwell in Zion, my holy mountain, and Jerusalem shall be holy, and strangers shall never pass again through it. In that day, the mountains shall drip sweet wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the stream beds with Judah shall flow with water. A fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord, and water the water Shittim. Joel 3 and 17. So we're at that point in history, as it says, do not damage the oil and the wine. So unfortunately, the nations have already started damaging the oil, and soon they're about to damage the wine, which is the blood of mankind. Thank you, Doc. I appreciate what happened today. This was awesome. Um, I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. You've been listening to The Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org. 
And as always, until next time, love God and each other. <laughs>